That Don't Sound Right is a podcast about talking, talking the way we did before the internet, when you could not prove anyone right or wrong. All the expertise was contained in the people involved with the conversation. I'm Peter. I'm Cecil. And I hope you enjoy our conversations. And as you listen, if you find yourself silently saying, that don't sound right, send us a comment. You're one of us. For some reason, the number that comes to mind is 30% of your body weight is about the max. I think I've heard that. About 30% of your body weight. Huh. That's way too much for me these days. Welcome back to another episode of That Don't Sound Right, a podcast about talking. We're your co-hosts. I'm Peter Billman. I'm Cecil Davis. You know, we're just trying to have a conversation without Googling it or fact-checking online. Those things can so easily kill the conversation. And we got an example this week of where our show has influenced our official haberdasher, David Bryant. Oh. He... Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. What's a haberdasher? Uh, a hat maker. A hat maker? He oh. made all of our official... Oh, right, right. right. Okay, okay. He all made right, all right. of our official that don't sound right hats. That's right. I appreciate that. So, uh, or he had them made. He knew a haberdasher. <laughs> so he and his wife were trying to figure out what I do for a living. I mean, they knew I was a pharmacist, but from clues just given in the show, what, what kind of pharmacist I was, they came very close. Uh, what were some of the adjectives? Uh, well, they knew it sounded like I traveled. Okay. It sounded like I worked with hospitals, and it sounded like I worked with multiple hospitals. Really? Did they comment on your chemistry? They did not comment <laughs> on my chemistry, but they decided I was a like a traveling, supervising hospital pharmacist. Interesting. Uh, which is, I used to travel a lot with the consulting part. All right. So, yeah, so they came close. Very good. They came close. The, um, so I got it. You don't know what the topic is tonight, which is usually some of our favorite topics. That's right. But this one is is weighing on your mind and you don't even know it's it. It's weighing on it's, my mind. Like, is, the, like the Roman Empire it is, is weighing, weighing on, my mind. on your mind. It, it is about packing light for a backpacking trip. Uh, oh, man. And the things that people, the, the links that people do go to to shave weight uh, for a backpacking trip. Yeah. Now, I'll get you kicked off. Are, are there some things that don't sound right about what they do? Absolutely. Okay. And um, so if you don't know, Peter is gearing up for a for an epic trip. In fact, when you listen to this episode, I will be somewhere in Maryland on the Appalachian Trail. One of the things I really want to do, I guess a bucket list type of thing, is I want to hike a section of the Appalachian Trail in each state that it goes through. Right. I don't want to hike the whole section. I just want to hike a section. Now, where do you go? I've got Virginia. I got Tennessee. I got North Carolina. I got Virginia. I got Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I'm missing Maryland. Really? And I grew up in Maryland. <laughs> I grew up backpacking all over that place. I never backpacked in Maryland. The AT in Maryland's pretty short, right? 43 miles. So you're doing the whole section. I'm just going to do the whole section because I'm from Maryland. I should at least do the whole section. You can say. And it's the shortest section, yeah. I think. I, I don't think. And you can say I've hiked the entire Appalachian, Appalachian Trail, Trail in Maryland. In Maryland. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So when you hear, listen to this, I will probably be, let's see, Saturday night, I'll be halfway through the trip. I should be gone 20 miles. So we're, so when you are backpacking uh, for, for a length of time, you try to reduce your weight. That's right. Uh, in the pack. And so especially if you're going on an extended hike like you are, because you're having to carry more supplies, so everything that is in that pack has to have a reason for being. Very good reason. 
So uh, here are the things that I know of that people have done. Like it's, I, I know that people have sawed the handles off of their toothbrush. Okay. So that they only have a little stub of a toothbrush. Oh, wow. Uh, and that way, uh, which again, if you're listening, you're thinking, well, that's only a few ounces. That's not even an ounce, brother. But every ounce every adds Every ounce up. probably counts. Yeah. Especially for someone who's hiking 2,000 Right, 2,000 miles. Yeah, 2,100 yeah. miles. 200. So um, the uh, people tearing pages out of a book. Oh, as they read it? No, no. Like <laughs> if they're halfway through a book, they won't take the entire book. Uh, They'll just okay. tear the book in half. Yeah, I think I've checked out one of those books from the library. Yeah, yeah. Now my wife is rolling because she knows I don't even have a library card. <laughs> the uh, So someone I was talking to this week actually did this for a long flight where they were trying to conserve uh, weight and luggage they were going to take on an international flight because okay. they were taking so much. Uh, he actually tore the book in half. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but I've, uh, I've known people to just make copies of the pages out of the guidebook. Okay. If you've yeah. ever hiked the Appalachian Trail, there are guidebooks for every section. Uh, and so people would photocopy just those pages. So that's all they have. That's they all don't they have needed, the right. entire book. The book's book. heavy. The book can be heavy. Um, so those are the things I can think of off the top of my head to shave. Is there a rule of thumb on how heavy your pack should weigh? Uh, for I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I, for some reason, the number that comes to mind is 30% of your body weight is about the max. I think I've heard that. About 30% of your body weight. Huh. That's way too much for me these days. Well, That I, is way too much for me these days. For too much weight? Too much weight. I don't, that, that would mean I would carry, so I weigh 170 pounds, 175 pounds, mm-hmm. so that's 34, that's 51. I'm not carrying a 51. 51 pound backpack. I don't even want to carry a 40 pound backpack. My, the, so this is one of the things I'm doing to shave off weight. Okay. I'm taking your tent. <laughs> <laughs> and I set up your tent today just to check it out. Yeah, how did it set up? It's set up fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I'm gonna get wet when it if it rains, because <laughs> I'm used to having a rain fly that comes all the way down to the yeah. ground. This yeah. one just kind of covers the cap. Yes. So I'm it a does. little, I'm a little nervous. Right. Uh, but I'm willing to shave off that two and a half pounds that compared to your tent. Yeah. Compared to my tent. My tent's lighter because it doesn't have all that, that all that pesky waterproofing on it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm about. I might have to throw another half a pound of waterproof spray on that thing. Uh, I've known people, including myself, that have cut their sleeping pad down to a three-quarter sleeping pad. We used to be able to buy sleeping pads that mm-hmm. were three-quarters right. just for that reason. Yeah, for, for I'm a lighter weight. That. I am yeah. not doing that. I used Because uh, I used to do that. Really? I used to sleep with a three-quarter pad. I'm thinking, why am I sleeping with a three-quarter pad? The older you get, the more you want your sleeping arrangements to be comfortable. Yeah, well, I mean, in this case, I usually have a self-inflating air mattress. Yeah, like a, a thermal thermo rest. rest. Yeah, I usually carry that. I'm not carrying that this time. You know, the cool thing to carry I'm actually now, carrying a foam pad to save weight. Uh, like a rolled up foam pad? Mm-hmm. You know, the cool things to carry now are the ones that are uh, accordion. Yeah, I've those seen are, those. All the cool kid backpackers. All the cool kids have those. Have those. But I don't know how you attach that. I mean, you can. Right. it's difficult right. to attach it to your yes. um, backpack. I just, I don't want to hassle. I already had one. I already had one of these lightweight things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting another one. So I carry a, a when I backpack I carry a, T, a Kelty Super Tioga Three, which was my dream backpack growing up. Oh wow! But it's an external frame. 
Is it the radial frame? It has a. Does it wrap kind of wrap around? Uh, the there's a little bit of curve at the top, but it's, okay. a, it's a steel tube or aluminum tube okay. external frame. External frame. And I remember some kids backpacking. I mean, kids. I mean, they were in their twenties, and they saw my external frame pack, and they're like, "We've never seen one of those before. We didn't know anybody still carried those." Oh yeah, I, I was not yeah. one of the cool kids. No, you were not. So. Um, yeah, so you, I, I do know that there's that difference between a section hiker and a long and long distance hikers. Like I've met long distance hikers that say it's very difficult for them to section hike. And section hiking just means you're hiking. It's what I'm going to do. Yeah, a short section, because the the longer hikers say by the time you get used to the trail and your body gets used to the trail, you're coming off. Oh, is that right? And like for them. They'd rather hike long distances because your body really? gets attuned to it and huh. you're not like starting, stopping, starting, stopping like you would for a, okay. for a section hike. I'm not, I, I, this is probably one of my longer hikes that I've done. I've done a longer one. I can't say that I was ready to keep going and my body had become accustomed <laughs> to hiking all that way. So any other things you're doing to cut weight? I am bringing lighter food. I'm bringing mainly freeze-dried food and dehydrated food. I, have, I haven't done that in the past. I usually bring blocks of cheese and <laughs> summer sausage. I'm not doing that this time. I made right. my own beef jerky, and I bought some freeze-dried dinners, and I'm bringing ramen noodles. Yeah, so I'm, all lighter stuff. Um, I usually carry a lot more clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm really minimizing the, the number of clothes I'm bringing. Yeah. Um, I'm not, yeah, so there's that. Another one is the sleeping bag mm-hmm. is another way to lightweight. Usually your down sleeping bags are going to be your lightest. Yep. Another way, another thing I'm doing is I'm not carrying a water water filter. Oh, how are you? I'm letting the other people oh, carry right. it. <laughs> well, there are, there are new water filters out there that's so much lighter than the pump that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stoves have gotten a lot lighter. Like the one I originally carried was a built-in fuel, fuel tank. Right. Uh, Coleman Peak One. Yes, uh, Which was the I, standard. I used to carry those, too. But now they've got all these little wispy, wiry things. Well, I've got that. The, the, I've got the Whisper Light, which, oh, is that, which is that thing. But it's gotten – they're even lighter. We bought our son a backpacking stove, uh-huh. and it literally folds up to what amounts to be about five or six credit cards thick. Oh, really? It, that's it. And, it. and it opens up into a, a three-legged um, – a tripod type thing, but then screws to the top of a butane canister. The butane canisters, that may be a whole other episode. Butane canister. Yeah, yeah. So it screws into this butane canister, and you want to talk about light, that thing is ounces. So do you know what type of stove I ended up carrying? I started carrying a Pepsi G stove. Pepsi G stove? Yeah, so that is a, a stove that's made out of a Pepsi can and a Guinness can. Oh, yes. That uh, burns. You uh, let me borrow it many years oh, ago. Oh, did you use it? Y- yeah, you let me borrow yeah, it many, yeah, many yeah, years yeah. ago. This is, yeah, this is, this is 15, 20 years ago. That's right. And so that's you showed what, it to me. I carried those Pepsi G stoves, and, um, and so these run off of denatured alcohol. I think I still have the canister of denatured alcohol <laughs> I bought to use in your stove. Did it work well for you? It worked fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it would work. I don't think it would work well if it's too cold out. If it's much cold, if it's right. much. If, yeah. I used to carry Sterno. Oh yeah. But Sterno does not work below thirty degrees. Really? It does not. It's not hot enough to get the water hot. The the thing with the Pepsi G stove is this really a just a water boiling stove. That's it, right? It's so. wide open. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of the what's on our mind tonight is about. 
uh, going lightweight and backpacking, but we want to stop just for a minute here to tell you about the raw. So our podcast this year is a proud sponsor of the Ardmore Ra, an annual event with hundreds of runners and thousands of fans in the beautiful historic neighborhood of Ardmore in Winston-Salem. Ra, R-A-H, stands for Run Against Hunger because it's a food drive with all the net proceeds benefiting the Second Harvest Food Bank of Northwest North Carolina, which assists food insecure and at-risk families and children right in our own neighborhoods. Since its inception, more than $286,000 has been donated to the Second Harvest Food Bank, $26,000 last year alone, and that $286,000 has provided more than 2 million meals to our neighbors. The 2023 RAW will be held on October 21st, so that's only in two weeks, and features a one-mile fun run, a 5K, and a 10K. So... The 2023 RA will be held on October 21st and features a one-mile fun run, a 5K, and a 10K. This race is designed for everyone from lightning-fast runners to avid athletes and power walkers and first-time participants. You can sign up to donate, volunteer, or run at the race website, which is ardmorera.com. The link is also featured on our website, thatdontsoundright.com. We hope to see you there at our booth, and there is something special happening this year at our booth. And we will tell you about that at the end of the show. Uh, And before we get back to our subject, just want to mention the words of wisdom tonight, and that is carry your own stuff. Oh, well, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Normally this applies with with your kids when you go hiking with your kids, and about halfway through the hike, they're like, will you carry? And I'm like, nope, if you brought it in, you're carrying it out. Now, that the converse to that advice is, can you get someone else to carry your well, stuff? That's, that's, <laughs> there's the genius. So uh, the guys I would backpack with, we would split the meals up. Yeah. And so everybody would plan a different night. And you always wanted your meal to land on the first night of the trip. Of course. So then all that weight would be out of your pack. That's right. And you'd volunteer very quickly for that. Did you? Um, what meals would y'all bring on... On a group trip like that? Uh, usually, there's a lot of rice and chicken, instant rice, chicken. Um, Tell me about the chicken. Pre-cooked? So it was canned usually or in the pouch. Okay. And then you'd make like a chicken amandine. But we've uh, we've done um, done a lot of like the rice meals. The, um, we did some a shrimp one time with like packaged shrimp. Packaged shrimp. Yeah. Whoa, that don't sound right. Yeah, like what, the, tell yeah, me about the package. There was like the freeze-dried package. Yeah. Freeze-dried shrimp? Or maybe it was canned. I think canned it was canned. shrimp? Yeah, canned shrimp. Yeah, and Where so it was, it was mean, done I've with... Seen, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. Is that right next to the anchovies? It's just like a, like a tuna fish, but it's canned shrimp. So you did um, you did like a ramen noodle yeah. with, um, with um, like Asian seasoning and then shrimp on was it. Was it good? Yeah, yeah it was pretty you good. You would do it again? Oh yeah, hundred percent. We really? did spaghetti with dehydrate with TVP textured vegetable protein. No, I don't know what this is. Is that like tofu? Uh, it's like tofu, but textured vegetable protein uh, you can take and rehydrate with whatever flavor you want it to taste like. So if you rehydrate it with beef bouillon, it tastes like beef. If you rehydrate it with chicken bouillon, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> but if you're doing bouillon, basically it tastes like salt. Right, it tastes okay. like salt. Yeah, so it's kind of chewy, and we did spaghetti with it. That really? was not a repeat. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. The, um, 
Yeah, so we've we've tried a couple of things like that over the years. Everybody kind of had their own little special dish. Now we did carry a grill grate with us one year and cooked steaks, and that I would not ever advise. It was fantastic. We did it on the first night, but that was not wise to do in the country that we were in in the area because it was too dry. No, it was bears. Oh, no. <laughs> we probably had the woods smelled up like steak for <laughs> twenty miles. Sure. I tell you what, um, growing up, we really didn't focus on lightweight. We focused on, uh, sounds like what you focused on was luxury. Right. We had this one adult leader. He would bring a Dutch oven. Wow. But it was aluminum. He would bring an aluminum Dutch oven, and he would always do something special at night, uh, especially if there was a birthday in one of the guys that were in the group. I remember having brownies Wow. with the Dutch oven. I remember having... Pineapple, I mean, he was showing off here. Mm. Pineapple upside down cake. He literally wow. took that Dutch oven, flipped it upside down, and out came the cake with the caramelized pineapple on top. Nice. And it was not burnt. And it tasted like two million bucks when you're in the woods. Oh, man. You mean, yeah. I mean, brownies are good anytime. <laughs> brownies after hiking 10 miles, that tastes like gold. I took uh, two of my daughters went backpacking with me one time, and I told them, I said, when we eat tonight, at some point, you're going to tell me this is the best thing you've ever eaten. And we and we didn't have anything fancy planned. Okay. It was just kind of like a rice and whatever deal. So we got up there and we cooked. And sure enough, like five or ten minutes later, somebody said, this is the best there whatever. Yeah, I was like, it's something about hiking and eating. I, ended, I invented something that uh, my girls would claim is the best thing they've ever had. Not that? only camping, but maybe... They, Ever? They actually, they still fix it for themselves. Wow. Here it is. Here it is. So yeah. it's already pre-cooked chicken. So it could be a pouch or something you'd have grilled chicken. Right. Ramen noodles and sliced carrots. When you're camping? That's it. Really? Yeah. But guess what? Yeah. They make that for themselves for lunch now. That's funny. Isn't it funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might throw in some avocado <laughs> really fancy it up because, so, you know. The, the other thing, just to wrap this up, is kind of bring the subject home is... There's always these fabled caches of abandoned equipment along the trail. Like supposedly fabled as in myths, myths and legends. Yeah. So supposedly, you know, if you go and you start backpacking about the time through hikers are, you'll start find finding all kinds of abandoned equipment that they don't want to carry. Right. I have only the only piece of equipment I found two things on the trail. I think I found a technical shirt one time, like a Quick dry shirt. Yeah. That was in good shape. All right. And I found a pair of really nice socks. Really? Yeah. And they didn't want to carry them. And they didn't want to carry them. But that's the only things I've ever. Now, it would seem like your best bet is what we were talking about from a previous episode mm. when we were talking about going up Springer Mountain. At yes. At the beginning of the Appalachian Trail. Right. There's a big climb from there to the top. Yep. And that is probably where a lot of gear gets immediately thrown out. Right. Yeah, that's the definitely the shakedown cruise. You get to the top of Springer, you're ready to discard pretty much everything you have. <laughs> That's right. Even stuff that you need at that point. That's so. right. So I think we have come to the end of another. That don't sound right. I wish you the best on your trip. Oh, well, um, thank you. We uh, Tread th- lightly. We, li- we leave out of here at 6.30 a.m., drive on up. We'll do probably eight miles the first day and then yeah. 10 and 12 the next three days and then come on, come on back. And then we'll, we'll be uh, back here in the Camel City studio where we will welcome Eric Aft. And Eric, if you don't know Eric, Eric is the CEO of the Second Harvest Food Bank of Northwest North Carolina. We're going to interview him about 
his work and the work that the food bank does. And we're going to get into a little serious subject about food insecurity right here in our own community. Looking forward to that. So please be sure to tune in for that one. That one's going to be a great episode. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is at the raw, and this is why we're interviewing him, uh, at the raw, run against hunger, we've got the ultimate roadside find giveaway. That is a grill, a, a brand new, well, never been used uh, gas grill, stainless steel gas grill with a full tank of propane and a brand name Armor All cover that only has a small hole in it, which I will repair. How can I win such a grill, Cecil? Okay. The way you can win this grill is come by our booth. And again, I'm sorry for our international listeners. We cannot deliver this overseas. Come by our booth and prove to us that you are following us on some platform, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, our flagship, um, whatever it is, show us that you follow us in some fashion and we'll throw your name in the bowl. Show us that you've gotten somebody else to follow us. We'll throw your name in the bowl again. And there's no purchase necessary. There's no purchase necessary. And as I have to say that. That's what the lawyers tell me. And just keep in mind, even if you don't like the grill, and it's a nice grill, still the propane tank. Keep least, the propane, man. The propane tank's at least 60 bucks. Right. <laughs> hey, so, before we close, we want to thank everyone for listening. If this is your first time and enjoyed the conversation, would you consider hitting the subscribe button on the platform where you listen to us? Also consider giving us a rating and a review. Want to uh, remind everyone that our advertiser, Wonderfully Made Designs, is a small business specializing in custom-made t-shirts and decals. Contact Casey on Facebook at Wonderfully Made Designs 139.14. Use code TDSR10 for 10% off your first purchase. We have our own coupon code still. Still. Also, be sure to go on the Instagram, TDSR Podcast on Instagram, because we'll have some promos coming up to the um, to the Raw. If you want to see what this grill looks like, You'll see and what me and Cecil look like in the dark. That's right. And the... Uh, we had a, I had a great reel from today where we have a, a short video of a hit-and-miss motor, which we talked about in episode 106 last week. There you go. If you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it. All right, That Don't Sound Right is a production of TDSR Podcast in conjunction with Camel City Studios. I am your co-host and sound engineer, Cecil. Peter's your other host and web designer, Camille. Was here as our barista tonight. She didn't say anything, but she made some very tasty coffee. It was nice. Emily is our graphic designer. Ella does our Instagram post. Giorgio Test, our merchandise. Brent is our international brand ambassador. And as always, listener number one is Scott. So until next week, keep talking. And stay curious. Stay curious.